Welcome to the logo. <laughs> Welcome to the Logo Centrifugal podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I am Logo Centrifugal. And my guest today, Joe Hart. Joe's my friend, and he's a pretty wise dude, has a lot of positive things to say and a lot of useful things to teach you. And I'm going to kick it over to him so he can tell us a little bit more about himself. What's good, man? I appreciate uh, the invite. Uh pumped to be here um it's always cool being able to interact with people you meet through social media so like this is just another opportunity like blessed man um but uh i'm joe hart um you can find me on twitter coach joe hart pretty simple uh handle um i've been coaching i am a coach in fact i've been coaching competitive all-star cheer for 10 years um something a little out of the ordinary from what most people coach um, but I'm married. I'm live in New Jersey currently grew up in Georgia, played baseball all my life until college. And, um, you know, it's probably about a year ago. I felt like I was probably at the lowest point in my life. And, uh, I decided to make some changes in my life, decided that life was meant to be more than, uh, complaining and being unhappy with myself because when it comes down to it, it was all my fault. And so I decided to make some changes, uh, change how change how I use social media, and uh, my life's on a complete 180 in less than a year. And uh, so, you know, my message is I talk a lot about um, mindset and mentality, and, uh, and I talk about money. Um, not that money is the most important thing in life, but when you get your finances straight, a uh, a lot of stress goes away. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a little bit about me. Nice. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Part of the reason I called you on here, I mean, is a lot of that. And another part of the reason is just because, you know, I've, I've been following you for a while and been in contact with you and you've always seemed like a real nice, genuine guy. So I figured it'd be a good chance to talk to you. And plus at a certain point I invited myself into the car chat squad yep. and you know, that's been a really cool thing. And with that thread with all the videos in it, I've, I've scrolled through there a couple of times and you start to realize like, man, all these two minutes over and over and over again, it's really adding up to something. Yeah. And I love to think that that's just available out there for people now at a place where they could just go and they could get any kind of motivational message they want. And it's funny because every once in a while I see a notification pop up that somebody's watched one of the old ones. You know, they just look like stumbled across it and they watch it. And it's cool to see how those things, they kind of defy the longevity rules of Twitter because we have them in a place and we have it with the hashtag and we have it with all these names attached. It's cool, yeah. man. So, I mean, you started that and then Assad came in. So what was, what's behind all the car chat squad business? So I'm trying to think, I can't remember if it was maybe, September or October of last year, um, I made a decision that, you know, I had started making these changes in my life and I wanted people who wanted to listen to, to maybe know, maybe I could offer them a piece of advice or an action that I took that maybe would be relevant for them to change their life. And so that was part of the reason why I started doing the daily videos 
Um, and then second was like, I wasn't very comfortable speaking on camera. I would stutter a lot. And actually mm -hmm. if I go back to those first few ones every once in a while. And I can remember sitting in my car, clicking record and stopping five seconds in cause I'd already stuttered. Like, <laughs> so, um, it was, it was like a win-win situation. Cause like if people wanted to listen, great. But it was more of also like me trying to improve myself on being able to speak with people. Um, you know, it was, it was an opportunity. Like I can speak, I can coach my team. I can speak to them. No problem. But then like speaking to an audience that you can't really see for some reason was just different for me. So that's how that kind of got started. And so I just started um, posting like the two minute and 20 second videos, um, you know, five days a week. Um, and Assad or Amazon uh, FBA guy, uh, <laughs> he, we kind of connected and uh, he jumped on and he goes, we should like start bouncing back and forth. Like you post one and then I'll do my response to it and what I think. And, uh, and I was like, man, let's, let, let's do it. So we did that for a couple weeks and uh, he goes, I like where this is going. Like we, we should keep this up. And I said, we should just like hashtag it car chat squad. And that's just kind of like, it kind of came off the top of my head. I was like, oh, that's kind of like a, that's kind of catchy. Like, let's just go with it. So it was me and Assad for, <clears throat> I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a month or two. And then uh, you jumped in and I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> let's go for it. And then uh, Hotep Jesus popped in for, for about a month or whatever. And uh, me and him... Um, message back and forth. I'm actually credit him with most of my social media growth um, and how I got started. Um, he's got great products. Um, but, um, and then, and the grew, we got real uh, Dylan Madden in and um, you know, I think it's just a, I think it's a great opportunity because sometimes our messages on a daily basis, like we'll relate to each other, but we don't contact each other before we put those messages out. Yeah, it's a trip. <laughs> and, um, and then sometimes it's completely different. Like, you know, you may talk about one thing um, and then everyone else talks about something different. And but collectively, it's like just like a I think it's like an awesome collection of. Of just short little videos that if you listen, maybe you learn something, maybe you don't. But it's it's two minutes and 20 seconds max. And, you know, it's better than scrolling through Twitter and just looking at BS, you know, and, you know, it's crazy how much it's grown because now, you know, you were able to set up the, the car chat squad Twitter and I can see the followers slowly growing on that. Yeah. That's and fun to watch. <laughs> it is. And then, you know, we're, you know, going to do the, the YouTube channel and everything. And, you know, obviously I want more people to join in because like, you know, what you project on social media, you know, could change someone's life for both positive and negative. And it's kind of a big responsibility if you think about it. There's a lot of negative people out there and I don't want, like I used to deal with the negative people. It's, it's like a disease, you know, it, it sure. will suck you in. And if you don't get out, you're just going to get caught up in it. You're going to, you're going to project negativity yourself. And so, you know, <clears throat> being able to project some type of positive mindset, um, type of motivation, some type of business tips, whatever it may be, like that's just a cool thing to do and to be able to um, release that to the world from my phone. Like that's, that's power. If you use yeah. it to your advantage, like, <laughs> 
there's, you know, however many people, 7 billion, 8 billion people on the planet who potentially could see it. Not everyone's going to see it, but like, you never know. Like, you know, you probably get messages. I know everyone else gets messages or DMs like, Hey, like that hit me today. I needed to hear that. Or man, that tweet you put out, like I needed, I needed that. Thank you. Like that to me makes it all worth it. Like it's cool to like monetize your Twitter and make some money online and it's cool to connect with people, but getting like a message like that, like that's huge. Like that's, that's making a difference. And like, that gets me pumped. Yeah, man. I like a lot of what you said there. You know, I do get those messages. I get them from the car chat squad. I get them from some of the threads I write. Um, you know, I get them even sometimes because people like the, the joking side of things. But when someone reaches out to you and they, they take the time to say, hey, you know, you did this thing. It meant a lot to me for whatever reason. You know, and it is. It's like for whatever reason. But, you know, this really had an impact in my life. I just wanted to say I love that. It's like, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. And I'm glad to have the opportunity for it because, you know, it's not like I'm putting these things out here to no end. A lot of it, like you talked about, has to do with my personal development because I want to develop the skills I'm intentionally developing here so that I can further my own path. But the path I'm trying to develop is helping other people do the same thing. And so by demonstrating and showcasing my journey and my development of skills, it makes it, it adds a story element and it adds like a personal connection to all these people who are following me that see me develop my skills to the point where I just take off like a rocket. Right. Everybody knows that when a rocket takes off, there's a certain amount of seats. There's a lot of spectators. Some people get a front row seat. Some people can watch on the tube. Some people can watch on the internet, but there's a certain amount of seats that are going on that rocket ship with you. And the people who come are the skilled and the devoted and the loyal and the people who are growing with you. And then suddenly you're out somewhere else, you know, you're in a new paradigm. And there's right. a lot of people who loved to see you develop and grow like that. And then there's some people who came with you, but now you're in a new level and you know, having Hotep Jesus in there for a while. I mean, he's a great example of a guy who has learned the ways um, of using social media to tell his story. And by yep. doing that, he's been able to develop massive following in all these projects. And now through all the work and the dedication and the savvy that he's used to develop his social media game, all the real world stuff is starting to develop for him. And he's able to step into that and really, you know, start to make a big impact in people's lives. And I think we're both trying to get to the point where we develop our skill and we get the momentum and we have enough of the, you know, the, like the twists of destiny that turn attention in our favor and we use it to, you know, our advantage and to help other people. It's like, yeah, I want to make money. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want my own life to be the life that I'm envisioning every day. But part of that is providing the most value to these people. So making these videos, it's just like a little two minute, practice for me of being able to help develop people's, you know, stories and tell my yeah. own story. So yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have just jumped into it and be able to, you know, it's, it's cool. We're all on the same page with that. It's like, we're trying to, we're trying to learn how to do this. And we've talked, that's the last thing I wanted to bring up and I'll kind of kick this back to you. Cause I'm curious. I have seen a lot of, lot of action in the DM game on Twitter. You know, I have a lot of different, groups and they all offer these different things but man if i had only the timeline i would not have nearly the amount of followers nearly the amount of like opportunities or impact that i've been able to have 
with Twitter coming up through the DM game. So I wonder what you think about the importance of that and how people might best take advantage of that feature. Yeah. So like the DM game, you know, you've got, I want to talk about the side that no one talks about a lot first with the DM game that because you get DMS and I've had a handful where people going through like really difficult decisions like depression and um, financial stress. And, you know, I've had a couple people message me saying that they don't have enough food to eat. They live in another country. Can you PayPal me some money? And it's like, you get stuff like that. And then you get the people like, I'm really struggling with life. Like, I don't know why I'm living. And you get those messages every once in a while. And it's, it's, it's almost like the, I don't want to say it's the dark side of the, the DM game, but you do get those messages and you've got to be, it, it's a responsibility. People don't realize it's a responsibility, but like you're trying to encourage these people, but sometimes you can't relate to what they're going through. Um, like the, mm. the person that was in another country, like, like extremely, like I can't say that I've ever been like extremely hungry to the point where I had nothing to eat. I haven't been like that close. I've been broke where I didn't know, like I was going to, am I going to have to put this bill on a credit card again? But I've never been to like, I don't have enough food to eat for the day. Mm. So that's, that's like one of those things where uh, you do your best to like encourage them, support them. And you don't know like if that stuff's real or not too. So like, that's why I just didn't send the money. Like all I could do is encourage. Um, But then Let's talk about the, the good side of the DM game. Like, you know, it, it literally just goes down in the DM. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's for real. Like, for real. Um, how I met people like, like Hotep Jesus and Paul Dominic and you and uh, so many other people is, is literally like, it's cool to, to comment and to like and retweet other people's content and stuff like that and start a conversation but it's another thing to like shoot a DM, say, Hey, like, dude, just super excited for, to see what you're doing. I do it all the time. And then people respond to me. And then like, that's how, like, I've had great conversations with people who, you know, maybe didn't come across my content before, but came across and they shoot me a message. And then we talk back and forth and, you know, you find out some cool stuff. Oh, they live local. Like that's how me and Paul Dominic, uh, we meet up, we've met up, I think three <laughs> times. Um, he lives about an hour away from me. Um, we're trying to plan a meet up with people in our area within the next month or two. <laughs> and, um, but like, but the opportunities are there. I actually, um, I had a guy message me, uh, I think it was about two weeks ago. He has a bit, he has a business idea. Um, and I won't go too much into his idea. I don't want to spread it out there, but, um, he pitched it to me and he goes, I don't really have the clout or the followers that you do. Um, but I'm not sure if this is something you're interested in. Um, and here's my idea. This is where it's going. And I said, well, let's jump on a call. So we jumped on a call. We talked about it and I think it's potentially a decent idea. It could go somewhere, but I also want to let them know, like, it's not about how many followers you have, you know, cause I don't, I don't care so much at, anymore. I used to think that followers mattered, but like I'd rather have 10 followers that are highly engaged and we can have intelligent conversation than a hundred thousand followers who 
have no drive in their life. Uh, like I want people, I follow people who are motivated <clears throat> and who are changing their life while changing the lives of other people. I don't follow people who are going to complain about how hard life is and say they're taking action to just sit there stagnant. Um, so like you never know like what happens when someone messages you. It could be like you just give them a piece of information that they can roll with that maybe could help them overcome this obstacle. I'll reach out to people, say, hey, like, dude, that's awesome. You just launched that brand. Like, I hope everything goes well. I'm going to support you. I'm going to buy one of your products. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it's cool, man. You have the opportunity to connect with literally anyone on social media, whether they're near you in another country on another continent. And like, this is as far as opportunities go, we're living in the greatest times in history. As far as opportunity, it's never been easier to do what you want. But the problem is a lot of people lack the effort yeah. and um, that's, they don't, they see the results on social media. So like social media is like one of the greatest gifts and greatest curses. People see the results, but they don't see the work put into it. So, but like the DM thing, like if you ever have a question, like just shoot that person a message. Maybe if they have a larger following, like maybe they can't get back to you. Well, you got to understand that. It's not that they're ignoring you, but like someone like Ed Lattimore or Hotep or, you know, AJ Cortez, they got 50, 60, 70, 80,000 followers. They can't get to all the messages. They have their own stuff they got to work on. For so sure. you, can't, yeah. you can't, you can't take it as like, oh, they're ignoring me, but subscribe to their email list, reply to their email. Eventually you'll get in contact with them. You just got to be persistent, but don't drown them in requests. There's a yeah. difference. Yeah, man. You know, there's this, there's this tendency people have to take these social media accounts at face value. But what you begin to realize that, you know, especially if you are interested in growth and you're doing things and you're seeing stuff happen, like there are certain levels. And when you get to certain levels, the game changes because there's a certain amount of people talking to you, reaching out to you. There's a certain level of engagement on your timeline. And especially if you're good at getting engagement, mm -hmm. you know, like I have always had pretty good engagement levels, but now I'm getting to the point I'm almost at 2000 followers and people reach out to me a lot or like, you know, there's a lot of, and I'm finding it's like, okay, I have to play this game differently now. Like I, I used to have long conversations with a lot of people and I was like, well, I have like a hundred people that are like saying something to me now. Mm -hmm. I need to be very like choosy about where I spend my time. Cause I don't have all day to do this. Right. So where's the highest impact stuff. And then there, you know, there's another thing that happens and you see this with all the names you just mentioned. There's, there's like a certain point where you have to make sure that the people who you don't even care to interact with or that don't bring any value, you do something that's like a filter process. You say something on your timeline and it, and it like weeds a bunch of them out. And you, you know, like if you have 60,000 followers and it drops down to 59,000, who cares about that? Yeah. You have the momentum and stuff, but then you have these people that you're not interested in having engagement with because they don't bring any value to your timeline and are interested really like, like you just say something that pisses so many people off that like Cortez is so good at that. You yeah. Know, like, here's oh, the yeah. He, a woman and then, and he gets <clears> like, you know, the whole world upset at him and a whole bunch of people fall away that would never be interested in engaging in the way that he wants to engage on this timeline. 
and then it, it actually adds to his value instead of subtracts from it. And and when you start to realize that, it's like, man, this is a very complicated game, and you have to play it smartly. Otherwise, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna sabotage your own progress. And it's a good training ground, I think, for a lot of stuff. No, it is. It's you know, when I first it was around uh it was July of last year when I was like, I should take social media more seriously. Hmm. And so, you know, probably the month prior, I had detoxed my social media. And what I mean by that, like I eliminated anything that wasn't gonna help me, anything that I wasn't legitimately interested in, anybody that um like I don't follow meme pages. Like I was following like men's humor pages and stuff like that, which in college, you know, got me a few laughs, you know, during class, but I was like, that's not going to help me. Um, and yeah, as you were saying, there's levels as to when you get, you know, certain amount of followers and then the, that next level, you gotta, you gotta use your time wisely because it's very easy to waste an exuberant amount of time on social media and, mm -hmm. I know I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I spend too much time at time. I'm like, I got to get off. Like, I just got to shut this off and, and walk away because it's easy to get sucked in and you want to respond to everyone. Cause I, like, I care, like I want everyone to win. I know that everyone's not going to win, but like, I do want everyone to win. Yeah, man. Um, if, if they, if they want to put in the time and effort. So like when I get messages, um, you know, if they have a legit question, like, and it's like specific, like I, I'm more than happy to answer if it's like a general, how do I make more money? I'm not, I'm not going to answer it because <laughs> no offense, but like do a Google search. Are we that, we've become that lazy that we want answers, just the answers and the, the solutions just thrown into our lap that like Google search, you can find 50 side hustles in one minute that you can <laughs> now. Like, I mean... But like, yeah, like you said, there's levels. And as you gain more following, I've realized like you've got to, um, you just got to be careful um, with who you follow. And this has come up recently, probably in the past couple of weeks with who you follow and what you're spending time on. There's a lot of negative people out there and there's a lot of people infiltrating this side of Twitter who are one, either fake profiles or two, like just trying to spread hate amongst other people to gain clout for themselves. And that's becoming very relevant lately. I'm, I'm seeing a lot, not necessarily against myself, but for other people. And, you know, you, you spend a little time doing a little research and you realize these people are just trying to call people out for nothing to gain clout for themselves when, you know, obviously they have some type of issue in their life and they're feeling unfulfilled. So they're trying to spread hate and negativity towards other people in order to gain a following for themselves. So like, it, it's very interesting to see how it's all playing out. And so that's why um, I believe I tweeted out the other day, like I don't expect everyone, nor do I want everyone to agree with everything I ever say. I know that how I think is going to be different than other people think. And that's awesome. Like it's called difference of opinions and that's fine. So like, if you want to have a conversation about it, if you want to disagree with me, that's completely fine. But like, if you're going to try to disrespect me, I'm not going to put up with it because now like I'm on a blocking spree. Like mm -hmm. lately, like if, if you're going to try to put out disrespect, I'm just going to block you because like you have some type of issue that 
you get triggered over something I say when the point is to not trigger people, it's to, to have a legitimate discussion. And, you know, it's okay if you don't agree with me, but there's a, there's a difference between disagreement and disrespect. And I'm not going to be disrespected. I don't have time for it. I got a lot of things um, that are going great for me. Um, I stay extremely busy. And so like, one, I don't want to see it on the timeline. Two, I don't like seeing people argue over it. So like, I just end it right then and there. You know, man, <laughs> I feel like I um, could sure name a lot of names right now, but I'll just leave that to the side. Yep. But next, you know, as you were saying this, a lot of times when I'm listening to people, especially in earphones and, and when I'm doing this podcast, I'm listening very closely. You know, it's like I'm, you're my guest here and I'm trying to listen to what you're saying, but I've had a couple instances where I've started to have just like a pretty detailed vision. And when I was listening to you, what I was thinking of is like, like let's imagine that social media is an art form, like sculpting, mm -hmm. for example, you know, and you're right. the sculptor. If you, like you might jack up a couple pieces of marble on your way to becoming a great sculptor. You know what I mean? If you're just like hammering around and puddling around, you're going to, you're just going to jack up your stone. And it's going to fall apart. It's like, well, you tried and people might've gotten the idea, but not this time, but eventually, you know, you know, the stone, you know what you're trying to do. Your vision is more clear and you have the chisel and you strike a thunderous blow with that hammer. And you break off the exact right piece. And pretty soon, you know, you build this thing that is beautiful and is true to yourself it's a genuine piece of yourself, but it is a piece of art. It's like, that's what mm -hmm. people I think are misunderstanding. We're telling stories here and a story conveys truth through a fictional narrative, you know? So like, obviously we can't convey every single piece of our life. And even if we did, that wouldn't be interesting because like sitting there taking a shit, looking at your toenails is not interesting to a lot of people. You, they don't want to hear about that. Right. But you know, the story that you tell, as long as you're being honest about who you are and what you're doing, then you get to take a narrative liberty and say, like, this is the journey. This is how I've been looking at it. This is the story I'm telling myself. And I want to take you with me. And here's how you do that. And here's what I can offer you. And that's something I've been watching you and then a lot of people, Jose, you know, nappy boy, I'm trying to learn how to do this myself. Like, how do I, how do I have this character of who I am? and then also offer people something that helps me further what I'm trying to do. And how do I get them to want to back me on what I'm doing and, and be honest about it? So I wonder if I'm right. turning this back on you, like how do you balance the need to be true to yourself with the need to tell a story to develop a brand and where, like where the gray areas are, how do you navigate that stuff? Yeah. So dude, that's a, like, that's a solid point because when I, you know, last July, August, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the Twitter game because like you try to gain followers on like LinkedIn or Instagram to tell your story. Like it, it's, it's, it's easy. Like Instagram, you post a photo, you put a couple hashtags, you're gaining followers, whether they're real or not every single day. Twitter, you've got to be interesting. You've got to have something to offer. You've got to, um, and there's, a, you know, I completely, you know, being on this side of Twitter, like the, this hustler mindset mentality, like type of Twitter, you forget that there's the other side of Twitter, which I was a part of for many years. Hmm. And so 
I think the when it comes to uh, my struggles initially, it was like it was being able to connect and really figure out um, what people want to hear. And the problem was I was worried about what people want to hear or what I think they would be interested in rather than telling what I'm interested in. Because when it comes down to it, people want to know about you. Like people want to know, they don't want to just see the, the fluffy white unicorn and life's all great. They want to know, like, they want to know about your bad days. They want to know about your struggles and whether people want to admit or not, like they want to feel like they know you on a personal level, whether they meet you in person or even DM you or have a conversation with you. Mm. And so when I started to be more open about my experiences and my struggles or the obstacles I was trying to overcome or the ideas I had for the future and things like that. That's when I began to gain more of a following. Like anyone can write a viral tweet, like a tweet can go viral. Um, and you know, you see some pop up every once in a while and you see one that gets like a hundred thousand hits and you click on the profile at someone with 20 followers, you know, it's, Anyone could do something viral. That's just funny. It's funny for a couple of days. It's a whole different game when you're trying to make a positive impact and you um, are really just telling your story so that people can know you and see if they can relate to you. And I think a lot of times people end up being too broad with what they're trying to promote. Um, and this is something I learned in um, Hotep Jesus's um, a Twitter guide. You don't want to be broad. You want to have your specific niche of people you're trying to reach because in that specific niche, you could have millions of people. I mean, you don't know. So like mm. me, I was more of like, it took me a while to really decide like what type of niche am I? Like what, what group do I follow fall in? And like, it's, I feel like I'm a coach. So like I gotta be, I've been coaching for 10 years. So I feel like that could relate to like, I could relate to other coaches or former athletes on mentality um, and, and the struggles athletes go through. I could also talk about how I paid off my debt, how I changed my life. So like a mindset type of thing. And then, you know, uh, I talk a lot about like making extra money and like, I'm not as good about talking about that as some other people on this side of Twitter. And that's fine. Like, but some people may be exactly how I am or similar to my situation. They're like, that makes sense. I could do this and make a few, uh, few extra dollars and then change my life and do something new. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because as I said before, like just people want to know you. And that's when I, you know, June of last year I had, 450 followers huh. and I think now I'm at over 5,200 and but that didn't accelerate my growth didn't accelerate because I was tweeting out platitudes but again with platitudes people talk a lot of smack on it <laughs> but sometimes if you put your own like experience with that platitude that's what connects with people so like something like love never fails, like platitude, right? <laughs> but you could say, you know, 
you know, me and my wife have went through the ringer, blah, 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 but we always put our relationship first. Love never mm. fails. Like still a platitude, but a personal experience lodged in with that, you know? So um, it, it's been, it's been interesting and I'm learning every day um, how to navigate because even on this side of Twitter, there's a lot of different groups. I mean, you know, you're a part of a lot of different groups. I'm part of a handful of groups um, that, Combined, we're like one. We're like one country of this side of Twitter, but then we have our each individual states and cities, you know. And um, it, it's very interesting because I think you can see this. You know, when our group got started, you know, the eight or nine of us, we all were kind of fresh to the idea of you know trying to use social media for the benefit of the good. And you yeah, kind of notice like how we've all um, kind of evolved into our own separate groups. We still connect with each other, but if you notice, like we kind of t have taken our own little paths and what we're what we're doing, which is which is awesome to see, you know. Yeah, man, hundred percent, dude. My wife just brought me some bacon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I was smiling right now, but. You know, all right, <laughs> back to it. I just, <laughs> hey, man, I love my wife. She's oh, a, dude, I love my wife. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. All right, so look, like you talked about, um, there, are, there, are these weird, there are these weird things that happen when you start to see this for what it could be. And we have this, you know, we have this bubble. This is one of the things I wanted to talk about. We have this bubble that we're in, and it is a bubble, you know, like we're in this, you can call it this, uh, this like certain paradigm in Twitter where there's like, there's like a top end and a bottom end. And at the top end, you know, you like, you, you pretty much max out right now at about like 80 to a hundred thousand followers. doesn't get any bigger than that. And at the bottom end is like to be known as like, Oh, I'm inside self-improvement Twitter. You probably have to have like a thousand followers. Uh, right. And then, and then in here, here are all these levels and stuff. So, Every once in a while, one of us or a couple of us get together and they're like, hey, man, we have this fire inside this paradigm. You know, we're all interested in improving. We're all interested in growing. And some of us are doing a damn good job of it. Let's light a torch and let's right. run out into the dark and see if we can bring some more people in. And, then, you know, like we've had these things like the red pill or the manosphere or like there's this like psychology Twitter that's kind of coming to the fore. And there's some other stuff yep. that. I'm not necessarily as big a fan of, but whatever it works for other people, that's cool. But the point is, and money, you know, especially and money too. And there's, yeah. and there's like, there's people faking the funk on all those different paradigms too. There's always this opposition between people offering real stuff, real value, you know, and expecting to be paid in return versus people who are just talking shit and like pretending to offer value, but then not offering anything more than a tweet and then expecting people to right. get real value out of that level that they're operating on. But, you know, they run out, like the 21 convention goes out and they recruit a whole bunch of other people. And we have this weird influx of like, it's not quite where it was before. And the circle kind of grows and some people fall by the wayside. But, you know, like, I think that's an important thing. And like you've talked about, and like I've seen you do a bunch, you have to, you know, like there's this bubble we're in and we breathe in the air, but every once in a while you got to go out and you got to do something more outside of this place that we're at and actually put it to the test. You know, like my friend Thomas Bevan, 
And, and my friend mm-hmm. Noble Brown both reiterate all the time, Twitter is the flyer. It's not the gig, you know, like you come here, you learn how to play the game, you learn how to market yourself, you learn how to capture people with your ideas, but then you actually have to make something of value and offer it to them. The gig is you get them to the show and then you show them what you have to offer. And if you're good at what you do, then they go, all right. And then they're your fans and they do the work for you. And if not, then you know you got some work to do and you go back to the drawing board. But to not even offer anything of value and to have something to say about the people trying to make something of themselves, that's where you see the difference between like a bitch and like a person who's really trying to grow. And there's a pretty distinct line. And I know you've had plenty of time to deal with people like that. And so have I. So I just wanted to be clear where I stand on that too. You right. can offer something and I'll have your back. But if you just want to be weak about it and not offer anything besides a criticism of the people actually going out and do something, well, that's pretty clear to the rest of us who are actually trying to make something of themselves where you stand. And that's a nice block button opportunity for me and for the rest of us because we don't have time to deal with your complaining. So <laughs> no man really dude, I'm, dude like i'm i'm like getting i'm getting pumped up by you talking about it like it's um it's weird because you notice <clears throat> most of the people i end up blocking um and this is not to say that your social media matters on your followers because it doesn't i think it matters on how genuine you are and are you truthful and you know what your actual purpose is but I've noticed that a lot of the people that I will get some type of hate from or some type of negativity, it's part one with a low follower count who, if you scroll through their timeline, I always scroll through their timeline just for a minute to see what they're putting out there. And either most of it's complete BS, it's negativity, and it's like troll hating on other people. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty easy process. I just like, yep, time to block this person because I don't care. They're not putting out anything useful. It doesn't look like I can have an intelligent conversation with them or like even have like a good time. Like I, I like to surround myself with people who, if we got a chance to meet in real life, that I'd want to hang out with, you know? And while... I'm never going to be able to meet all 5,000 or, you know, maybe a year from now I'm at 10,000 or 20,000. Who knows? You know, well, I don't think I'll ever be able to meet with everyone. The idea of being able to make some type of positive impact or saying something that could positively influence someone like that to me, that's like a huge gift. And I wish people would see this as an, you know, take it more responsibility because you know what people say matters you know and then as long as your actions back that up like that's that's the win-win like talk is cheap you know there's a lot of people that talk um and not even just on twitter you can see it all over your fake preneurs on instagram or (laughs) you know the fake people uh, on facebook and stuff and who all they do is complain and you know there's there's always going to be those people you've got to be able to eliminate the negativity. And this is kind of, I wanted to jump in. If you don't mind, I wanted to talk about my coaching experience this weekend because it kind of goes back to how like negativity is like toxic to, to that, whatever your goal may be. Joe, we talked um, about this. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 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 vetoing your decision. <laughs> um, all right. So, as I've said, I've coached competitive all-star cheerleading for ten years. Um, I've coached up and down the East Coast, multiple states, multiple gyms, um, depending on where I moved. And you know, I I've been a coach of some very talented teams, and I've been a coach of some teams that. They worked hard, just weren't quite where they needed to be, you know. And that, it's, it's it's kind of the fun thing, you know. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but like I view coaching as an opportunity, not just a chance for um, them to go out and win. Because although I I don't like to lose, I hate losing. Um, I enjoy more seeing them succeed and work as an individual and as a team, and to um, help them grow as an athlete and not just in their, their athletic career, but the, as they become young adults, because I'm trying to teach life lessons that I've learned that have benefited me. I'm not just trying to be a coach to get them that championship they want. I want them to become a, a champion person. I want mm -hmm. them to have the championship mindset in whatever they want to do in life because their career will come to an end, whether it's high school or whether it's after college. That's because I mean, that type of sport there, there's nothing after college other than coaching. So this year has been with one, I, I coached two teams, one I'm a head coach, one I'm an assistant coach and the team I assistant coach with has done phenomenal all year. Like it's been, been one of the easiest teams I've had to coach ever. Mm -hmm. And then I have the team that I head coach and stupid amount of talent. A lot of, them moved up to the level that I'm coaching. They were a level below. So it posed a lot of, a lot of changes because there's a huge difference in, in the, it's kind of like going from high school sports to college sports. There, there's a huge difference there, similar right. to when you jump levels in the sport that I coach. So, you know, this is a year round thing. We had tryouts last May. We start practicing in June. And we practice, practice, practice until December when we compete, you know. And so they started off doing well last summer. We got our routine from our choreographer, um, dope routine. Um, and they, you know, choreography lasts, I think, like three days. They did well. And then things started to kind of go downhill. Mm. Um, they were practicing okay, and then their first competition of the year bombed. I'm talking, they bombed. It was bad. <laughs> and, uh, it, and you, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, you know what? First comp, they're getting the jitters out of the way. Let's go to the second comp. So they start practicing. You know, we practice for a couple more weeks. We compete again. We do okay. Third competition. I go in, I'm like, we're about to kill this. Like, we're about to shut it down. Like, that was the mentality. They, they had been practicing good. And they had the worst routine ever. I felt like a complete failure when they got off the floor. Hmm. And it was one of the most, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it made me question if I'm doing a good job or not. It was 
I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've seen yeah. a lot of different things and that competition ended. And all of a sudden I start getting wind of parents, <laughs> parents, man, sometimes <laughs> I get wind of parents being a not all the parents. Like it's always like a select two or three, you know, mm. that would be a negative and spreading some negativity, which then their kids who I coach then catch wind of. And so that negativity not just stays within those couple kids and parents, but then that spreads throughout the team. Yeah. Those little comments that like, I can't hear when I'm coaching, when they go get water or when they go home or when they're texting their friends, that stuff is like becomes toxic and it was affecting the whole team. And it was affecting how they were practicing the lack of respect some of them had for each other, the lack of dedication and focus and, and motivation to do better. And it came down to where we had to set up a meeting with all the parents and athletes because I, I put it out there. I said, in my 10 years of coaching, I've never been accused of not caring. And I was accused of not caring for a team and it blew me out of the water. I was angry. And I'm a pretty laid back person. Not much bothers me, but it made me angry because I'd never been accused of something like that. And, you know, we had to put it out there in this meeting that like, look, I'm aware of the negativity and I'm, I do my best to stay positive. I know I'm a difficult coach. I'm hard because I'm trying to bring the best out of your athletes. I'm not, you guys pay a lot of money for them to compete. I'm not here to be their friend. I'll be there if they need me. If they ever get in trouble, I will help them out. But I'm not here to be their friend. I'm not here to take it easy on them because really their goal is to be the best versions of themselves. And if you don't put yourself in uncomfortable positions, you're not going to get any better. And I said, the negativity has got to stop. Otherwise, like, I'm just going to start kicking kids off. Don't care. Going to kick anyone's being negative. Like, we don't have time for that. And so that started the transformation process and the next two competitions, they hit nice routines. They didn't go against anyone in their division, in the division they were at, but it was like a, it was a, just a confidence builder. And there is a competition that at the end of the year, you have to get a bid. It's called summit. And two of our teams at the gym already, have bids to this competition. It's it's like getting a getting to go to the Super Bowl essentially, hmm. or the World Series, or the, the NBA championship. That's okay. how you would relate it to cheerleading. Okay, but you have to get a bid, and this was everyone's goal. So the other my assistant coach got one. Another team that's at the gym got one, and like they want one, but it was a a factor of like how bad do you actually want it, or you just want to talk about it. Hmm. So they put in the work the past month and uh, yesterday um, I had an experience like no other as a coach. We went on, we competed, absolutely murdered it. We got off the floor. We went to go like, I'm telling you, we ended bloodlines yesterday. Like that's how bad we <laughs> killed it. Like, so um, we got off the floor and they have in, in the backstage, they have a place where you can rewatch your routine to see how you did. And so we're watching, I had a couple coaches from a, another program come up and say, hey, man, like, they look great, blah, blah, blah. said, I appreciate it. And um, so I go to pick up our score sheet, which is how we compete. 
and all the other coaches are around and this is in front of the stage. So I grab the sheet, I flip it open and I look at the score and I didn't know how to respond. So I took off running backstage, something that's never happened. And it was weird because all their hard work and them being able to pass up the negativity and change who they were had paid off. And I became emotional at that point. I had never become emotional about a score, but because I know this has been one of the biggest struggles of a season, not because of a talent issue, but because of dealing with negativity from, from a parent standpoint, from an athlete standpoint, and all while trying to continue to push myself and say, you know what you're doing. You've got to continue to stay the path. And so when you look at a score and it's the highest one score they've ever gotten, score the whole gym that I coach at has ever gotten, and you realize that no one's beating you, mm. like, you know what's about to happen. It all came pouring out. And so like yesterday, that team got the highest score of the whole comp. And tomorrow night, it'll officially be announced that we're going to get our bid to go to Summit. Sweet. Dude, so the reason why I wanted to bring that up is not just from like a, this is what I coach, look what they did. Like, cool, like I coach, it's a group effort. Like, I'm never going to take credit for that. But this is, this directly relates to, to anyone trying to change their life. And this is why I talk about eliminating negativity a lot on my timeline. And I know other people do the same because you become who you surround yourself with, what you consume. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter if you start dirt poor or if you have all the money in the world what matters is the people you associate yourself with and your mindset toward what you are trying to accomplish and with negative people you could have the most talent in the world but if you surround yourself with negative people that's going to have an impact on what type of work or your work ethic or your friends or your family or your relationships and it can completely ruin something that can be obtained and th this relates to that team. Like it's one of the most talented teams I've ever coached in my life, but we bombed for three months, completely bombed. And it's just, it's just, just proof that like, if you eliminate the negativity, you cut it out and you can focus on, get that tunnel vision on what you are trying to accomplish and, and screw the excuses like stop making excuses for yourself, cut out, cut out the people that need to be cut out, which isn't always easy to do, but it has to be done. Like anyone can change their life. I changed my life in less than a year. I know you've changed your life. I've heard your story. A ton of people have changed their lives, especially like I see it all the time on social media and that stuff gets me pumped because they took the initiative. They didn't take no for the answer. Like they, they kept pushing forward and like, whether they realize it or not, like it's, it's literally eliminating negativity from their life. You're never going to be able to eliminate everything, but the stuff that I can control, social media, um, the friends and family um, that I have relationships with, and you know that stuff I can control. So I eliminate anything negative that I can control, and I'm a much happier person for it. 
And so like, I just think it's so important for people, people to really look at their lives and see, are, are they a more positive person? Or are they a more negative person? If they're a more negative person, why is that? Like digging deeper. Do you want, you know, who do you follow on social media? What do you do on your lunch breaks? What are your friends like? Are they, are they, are they go-getters or are they just kind of bums just doing the same thing they've been doing for 10 years? Um, are you busy arguing with people on social media over politics or religion? Are you watching the news all the time and seeing all the negative that happens on the news? Like, I think this is stuff that people really need to ask themselves to really help change their life. And, uh, but I would love to hear your thoughts. I know I just spoke for a long time. Oh no, man. You know, that's when we get to have a conversation like this, that's kind of what it's all about. What this has become, this podcast, it seems, is a place for people to talk for a long time about the things they feel offer people value. And so far, so good. I mean, people are really starting to catch wind of it. I mean, it's not that popular yet, but I feel like it's going to be. Yeah. So, point being, rant away, my friend. Um, But in response to what you had to say, um, I think this is a good opportunity to just kind of frame things a little bit. Like let's imagine a triangle. Um, you know, you have, you have how to do things. You have mm-hmm. what things to do. You know, you kind of have your heart tells you what to do or your gut, or, you know, your instincts tell you where to look. And then you right. have, you have how to do it. Like your mind processes the problems that is presented with and it determines how to do it. And then you have actually doing it you know, you have to like put forth the effort. That's kind of, I guess you could look at that as your spirit or your will. It's like, okay, so you have, you have your heart telling you what to do. You have your mind telling you how to do it. You have your spirit or your will actually getting involved. And if you have two of those, usually even if you lack in the third, you'll still be moving because like it's enough, it's two thirds of the way there, you know, and all it takes is a little nudge occasionally. But if, if say you've only got one, like maybe you have a vision, but you don't know what to do right now and you don't, and you and you don't have like the energy or whatever, you know, like energy is kind of a subjective thing, but cause you can make it by the way that you think, you know, how you think definitely you can think your way into having infinite energy. You really can't. Right. And I've done it and I know that you can, and I know how to do it and I've seen it work in other people. So it's like, I know that you can do that, but okay. But if you don't like, if you don't know what to do right now, then what are you revving yourself up for? Or let's say you've got all the energy in the world and you're an ADD kid, but like you, you can't focus in on, on what you want to do long term at all. And you, and you have a hard time, like there's a million things to choose right now. What am I going to do right now? What am I going to do right now? And so your wheels are just right. spinning. You know? And so there's, there's all these balances, but if you can get at least two locked in, like if you have a vision, if you know where you want to go, or let's say that you know how you want to act in the moment. Like these are the ways that I act always. I always tell the truth. I always try to bring positivity. I always try to leave things better than when I got there. These are my rules that I play by. Even if you don't have a vision, that gives you direction. And as long as you're willing to work, then if you, you know, like, and especially if you have work, if you have the energy to do it, a lot of people complain about no energy, but if you can put yourself into a healthy space physically where you do have a lot of physical energy, then all you have to do is lock in either your principles or your overarching goal, like lock into your higher something, and then those things will feed each other, and it'll, it'll kind of all fall into place as long as you act and move. But 
if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the vision, if you don't know who you are and how you want to be, then it's no small wonder that you might be, uh, you know, lazy. You might be not feeling good. You might not have the body you want. You might not have the job you want because you're being a negative sink on everything because you don't know how to act or where to act or when to act. And so you're just sucking in all these resources and turning them into right. poison because they're sitting there festering inside of you. You got to, you got to breathe in, but you got to breathe out. You know, you got to take in advice. You got to take in wisdom. You got to right. bring in resources, but then you invest them and you breathe out knowledge. You breathe out wisdom. You breathe out solutions. You breathe out interest. And when you do that process effectively, every breath is bigger. Every opportunity is greater. Every responsibility is greater. And when you meet it, it turns into massive opportunity, but you got to take on responsibility and you got to fulfill it. Cause if you don't, then how do you expect to advance? And why would you expect people to trust you with their time and their money and their effort? If you're not going to follow through on your end of the bargain. Exactly. Dude, I, I think of this almost like a, the goal is to become a self-sufficient, like your own, when it comes to mental, like the, the, the mental process and then the process of actually doing the goal is to become a, a self-sufficient like ecosystem, you know, like you may have like, let's start with your thoughts. You know, you want to get out of debt. All right. Let's say that. Let's say you want to get out of debt. Okay. A lot of people say that, right? They have this thought, they have the seed. Okay. And all it takes is a little bit, 20 minutes maybe, if that, to do a little search. How do I need to pay off my debt? One, you're going to see you probably need to budget better hmm. or you need to make more money. Okay. There, there's a lot of different solutions to this, but they have the seed and thought, but they never plan it. They never put anything in the action. They never do any research. Okay. So some people are stuck at like phase one where they say a lot of things or they think a lot of things but nothing follows. Okay. And you have this, you have this phase two where they had the seed, they planted it and they're starting to bury it up. They're starting to take a little bit of action, but then they stop, you know, they, Oh, this is going too slow. This isn't working for me. Forget about it. You know, or, Oh, I came across this obstacle. I hit a rock trying to bury this seed. Like, uh, I, I can't go any farther. And so, we have people stuck at phase two and then you have the people who have the seed they've planted it and then their action is the water for it to grow and to sprout into whatever it may be. And that action is extremely important because it's not just um, you doing the same thing over and over again to making sure that whatever your goal or your dream dreams are get done it's also obtaining new information to help you get there and putting that into action as well like it's not just watering it it's adding fertilizer you know adding more nutrients to help it grow faster and even though you know results aren't always going to happen as fast as you want them to if you stay the path and stay consistent like you don't always you don't have to know everything to get started you just need to get started and that's where people are getting stuck you know they see, like I said, you know, on social media, it's so easy to see the results. Like, you know, people doing drop shipping, they see them do $100,000 a month in drop shipping. They think it's going to happen in a week. Like, I don't know jack about drop shipping. That's not like something that necessarily interests me at this point in time. Hmm. 
but like kudos to the people doing it because they're they're killing it but like what people don't realize is like that stuff takes time it's not overnight like you don't plant a seed and it sprouts overnight this is this is talking weeks months maybe a year of consistent work to get that seed to sprout and for you to start seeing the fruit that it bears and this is not just from a business standpoint or a finance standpoint this goes from um, better physical health better mental health and you know anything else that you you think of that you're trying to accomplish it's not supposed to happen overnight if it happens overnight then you're not thinking big enough in my mindset like nothing's supposed to like completely change overnight like how I changed my life didn't happen overnight it was a shorter period of time because I took some pretty massive action and stayed consistent with it so it happened a lot faster for me than some other people but that's because like I've made no excuses like I put the money where my mouth was even though I didn't have any you know I was like look I gotta do this like I gotta get this debt paid off I, I gotta stop living like I have nothing to offer, like, cause I know I have gifts and I want to share them with people. I know, you know, I have this knowledge in certain areas that I think is beneficial. So like, I need to start putting this out there, but also like, but first I need to make sure like I'm living up to my own expectations because you can't expect things out of other people if you can't live up to your own. It's pretty simple. Yeah, man. You know, you talked a lot about, niches earlier and finding your area and the level that I'm trying to come at people is like there are certain things you can do to be good at anything and there are certain necessary requirements you have to have to be good at life you know like that's why mm -hmm. I have my own common mentality book and I'm trying to teach you tools that you can use to your advantage for anything it's like it's like a source code right. you know like if you if you operate this way you can get these results and then you can apply them to whatever you want and I'm writing a, you know, a physical fitness book right now. And it's the same thing. It's principles inside of a system that allow you to build whatever sort of thing that you want. But it gives you clear steps about how to choose and what to do. And, right. you know, you talked, about, you talked about a seed and a plant and stuff. And that's something very near and dear to my heart because I love gardening. My grandpa was a farmer. I, you know, that's something that I hope to be able to do in the future is to it's weird how, you know, farming used to be something that only poor people did. And now it's something you can right. only do if you're rich. Um, but the point is very resonant with me. And I like to think about my life and about the way that I approach things a lot about, you know, like managing an ecosystem. You know, a human in a very real sense lives within an ecosystem that they manifest certain changes upon and it, and it happens, you know, and it's, it's in zones. Like the closer it is to where you're always at, the more change you'll cause, but like your yard is a zone and then your larger neighborhood and et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the effect goes down. But if, like if you plant a seed and it sprouts, um, it grows slowly over time, but then there's a certain point where this growth becomes exponential and you go, Whoa, look at this giant tomato plant. And then pretty soon a whole bunch of tomatoes set on the plant and you go, Oh man, there's a whole bunch of tomatoes on this plant. I'm going to have a whole bunch. And then if you continue to take care of it, soon you have pounds and pounds of tomatoes. And you can do that a hundred times as long as you have good soil, which you have to cultivate beforehand. You know, you got to put in the work and the dirt before you can kind of grow out of it, so to speak. So, but then once you know how to do it with one tomato plant, 
You can do it with 100 tomato plants. Once you learn the rules of beans or of trees or of bushes, you can do it with all the bushes. You learn the problems, you learn the solutions, you learn the preventative measures, you learn the things to accelerate growth, and then you can do that repeatedly. And then, like where you're at, you're a coach, you learn how to take those tools that you've learned throughout your life and developing your own personal excellence, and you pass them along to people so that they can do that journey for themselves. And that's what I'm trying to do too. So what I'm getting at here is we've covered a lot of ground here and we've given people a lot of tools. And I suppose my final thought, and then maybe I'll kick it over to you for one, Joe, is there's like if a person wanted to grow, they could listen to this podcast that we've just given them. And we've talked a lot about setting up a system, about how you have to have certain mind frames, about how you have to cut negativity out of your life, about how you have to go to the fundamentals and build those and then grow from there, that kind of stuff. And everybody has been told this advice for the most part their whole lives. And so what do you think, Joe, can be done to really like get, get inside someone's head or, or enhance your own message to the point where people can hear it and people can resonate with it and take your advice and run with it and actually make change in their lives. How do you think people get to the point where they can have that happen? Cause you've done it, you do it all the time. So how could someone listening to this make their own skill of persuasion for the good more effective? I, you know, the changes in my life didn't happen until, you know, I eventually just got fed up with who I was. I was just tired of waking up every single day wondering, what am I doing with my life? Why have the things that I always said that I wanted to do, why didn't those cultivate into the final product? And... When it comes down to it, my main thing, and it's almost like a, a list of rules, and these rules are seen like they're, they're promoted a lot on, on our side of Twitter. And the first one is, it's probably my favorite, is everything's your fault, okay? Um, and it's, this is not to say that literally everything is your fault. And people will come at me all the time and say, well, you can't control this, blah, 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 blah. But the way I see it, anything that happens into my, in my life is a result of a choice I made, you know, good or bad. And the way I control, my way of controlling things that I can't control, like say someone cuts me off while I'm driving, I can't control what that person did. But what I can control is my reaction to it. And while like, a couple of years ago where I would get pissed, probably give them the finger, speed up, maybe drive a little aggressively. Now I'm just kind of like, nah, it is what it is. It could have been worse. I could, they could have actually hit me. I'm just glad that I was aware to slow down and make sure like no one else got hurt. My wife could use a little improvement on that. She <laughs> Oh boy. I don't know. If she She's going to listen to this, dude. She heard me. Yeah, I know. I know she is going to listen to this. Um, but, so that's one thing, like everything is your fault. Um, two is being able, and it kind of relates to one, is being able to control your actions and reactions. Um, the mind's a powerful tool. Um, and relating it to coaching, like 
I see all the time where these athletes have natural abilities to learn new skills extremely fast and they have the physical ability to do it, but their mentality, how they think tells them they can't. And so they Mm -hmm. don't. And I think it's, it's really important to question yourself. Like, is it that you can't, or is it because you won't like, don't really want it. And like, I really want to be able to control how I act and react. And that's become like, almost feels like a superpower because, you know, now, like whenever I see someone, you know, troll me or give some type of hate or, you know, disrespect or, you know, whatever it may be, anything that would be considered negative. I literally just don't care. Like I can't control how they think and that's their opinion. And I just feel a little sorry for them. And that's the end of it. Like, I don't, I don't think about it. And, um, it's, it's a really cool feeling to be able to do that because, you know, someone can say something extremely like mean and I'm just like, all right, cool. Later. Like, peace out. (laughs) Um, and that's it. Like I, I pay no attention. And I think that makes them even pisses them off even more because they were hoping to get a reaction out of me, but I controlled my reaction by not giving one, you know? And, so like being able to control how you act react is is important and i think just not making any excuses and it sounds kind of cliche but i think all three of these just relate to each other like my life didn't change until i actually just started acting on what i wanted to improve on i could make the excuse oh i moved to a new state i don't like it here i don't have any friends blah 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 and that's what i did for a little while when i moved to new jersey Um, and I realized like, dude, my excuses are garbage. Like no one wants to hear about my excuses and I'm the, I'm the same way now. Like, I don't want to hear about your excuses. I want to hear about what you're trying to, what, what actions are you trying to take to improve your situation? You know, do I want to know what, what you're struggling with? Absolutely. Like that's the type of conversations I enjoy having with people, but I don't want to hear, I don't have enough time because that's BS. You know, (laughs) it's not that it's not that you don't have time. It's that you haven't made it an order of importance in your life to make the time. You have, I, I have the same 24 hours a day that Bill Gates has. I have the same 24 hours a day. Warren Buffett has, I have the same 24 hours in a day that Gary V has or Ty Lopez or what, whoever you, Ed Lattimore, AJ Cortez, you know, I have the same 24 hours that you have. Okay. It's what I do with those 24 hours that makes the difference. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's a cultivation of those three things. And like average is the enemy. Like that's my mentality. Like I, I realized that like, I don't, I don't want to come to the end of my life and realize that I could have done more that I could have made a bet, a more positive impact that I could have taken a chance on myself and, you know, not necessarily from a finance standpoint, but just learn something new because really like the goals are cool when you reach them, but it's the journey along the way where, where your stories and your knowledge really expand. And so like the whole, that's how the average of the enemy kind of got started. Like I don't necessarily want to have an average life. I don't want to just go to work and come home and eat dinner and watch TV and go to bed. That's boring to me. Like I want to reach out to people. I want to, you know, go to new countries, which I've, I've done. And I, I want to um, 
do stuff like this. Like I love doing podcasts with people. Like I love like interacting and I love coaching and I love like just seeing people take action. Like that gets me pumped. Like I'm never going to have any hate towards anyone who's, who's making moves in their life. And like, there's plenty of people younger than me on this side that are making huge moves in their life that as far as financially, they're doing way better than me. But like, I have no hate towards that. Like yeah, I'm man. pumped for them because like they, like it's, it's just one of those things. Like I see them like do things and I'm like, man, they're so far ahead from what I was doing at 21. Cause I was just in college partying too much, making questionable decisions, you know? And like, I'm like, give them props. Like, and then you see all the hate, you know, Oh, self-improvement Twitter is a bunch of BS. Well, you may think it's BS, but like some people find use in it because it's something, it's the exact thing they needed to hear at that point in time. It's, I don't think it's a, does it get, does it get redundant at times? Sure. But like, sometimes like I talk about consistent action a lot and people are like, well, you say consistent action a lot. I'm like, because that's the damn answer. <laughs> it, like what? hundred percent. I'm not gonna, I mean, like there's just certain things that that's what the answer is. It's proven true in my life. You look at everyone else. It's, it's the same thing in their life. It's not, Oh, I decided to, um, start my own Shopify store and I did ads for a week and it didn't work. So I stopped. Well, you stopped at one store and you tried one week. Why didn't you try for six months? Why didn't you try for a year? Because you got lazy. And now we're going to have to hear you complain about why it's a scam or why whoever you learn from is a scam. Like, so it's to wrap up my, it's like a combination of everything is your fault being able to control your reactions and actions and just stop caring about what other people think. Like you can't control what other people think. There's always going to be hate, no matter how positive a message you can put out. And like, that's, that's their choosing and I don't care. So like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Hmm. And that, that in itself is like, that may be the greatest superpower. I, um, I read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Hansen, I think it, or Manson, I can't remember. Um, but it talks about how you only have so many Fs to give in a day. Like you have, like, it's like your energy. Like you can only put your energy towards so much. And where you put your energy is, is what you're gonna benefit or reap, you know? Like if you're putting your energy towards negative friends or arguing with people on social media or, you know, just chilling and watching Netflix all the time, like chances are you're not going to get anything positive out of that. But if you start putting like your energy towards things that are going to benefit you, like writing a blog or doing a podcast or um, connecting with people, social media, doing a car chat squat video, or like trying to build a side hustle or a side business, like, you do that stuff consistently, like you're going to get, you're going to get benefits out of that. Eventually it's not going to happen overnight and that's fine. But if, if you're one to quit because you hit a little roadblock, well, you weren't meant to be successful. It's, I mean, when's the last time you ever heard of a professional athlete, business executive, you know, entrepreneur, inventor, whoever it may be that people know that's never failed in their life. Failure, failure 
they say people say failure is not an option. That's garbage because failure is the only option. You have to fail multiple times to figure out what doesn't work in order to find what works and it clicks. The only time you truly fail is when you quit. Yeah, man. And I don't have time for quitters in my life. And that's when I eliminate people who, who, who quit, you know, mm. that's, that's what it comes down to. Like no professional athlete, as I said, has won every single game in their whole life. It's, 100%. Uh, it's just, that's, I get so passionate about it because it just relates so much to like, and I tell my kids this, that I coach, like there's going to be times where you fail, like, but it's the learning experience. So there's going to be times where you're going to be pissed at me and that's fine. And I'm going to make you do bear crawls till your arms fall off. You know, <laughs> like that, that's just, that's just how it's going to be. You're going to have to like the summer practices. Like, yeah, it's going to be kind of boring at times, but you're going to have to deal with it. You got to love the process. And if you can't, if you can't do the process correctly, you can't, you can't reap the benefits of the end, the end goal, you know? No one, no one becomes a champion by skipping training, but you become a champion in your training and your championship that you win or that, that raise you get, or that, you know, that, you know, that book you launched that did really well. That's a result of your training and your consistent action. That's not a, that's not you actually like doing, you know, it's just, it's, it all kind of just relates to each other. Like I just get so passionate about that. Like it's just. People are just so lazy. It, it bugs the crap out of me, you know. There's so much opportunity. As I said at the very beginning, this is the greatest time in history as far as opportunity goes. To be able to communicate with anyone that you really would want to communicate with, to be able to put out a blog that millions and millions of people could potentially read or a video or whatever it may be, and to have that, to go back on years from now when your grandkids are alive and say, Hey, this is what I was doing at your age. Like that to me is awesome. Like we don't have to go back and hopefully find like an old letter, you know, like yeah. our grandparents yep. letters and a lot of that stuff gets lost. Like this stuff's like on the internet and unless like the internet goes away, which I don't see it going away anytime soon, like it's always going to be there, you know? Yeah, man, you know, this has been a great podcast. This is a gold mine. And, here, and here's the thing. I just said gold mind. I didn't mean to, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's what you, it is. you punny. You got to admit your mistakes. <laughs> but look. Yeah. <laughs> the, it comes down to what you were just talking about. It's like, look, we've offered you ways of mastering your mentality. We've offered you mindset. We've offered you, you know, ways of breaking down your work so that you're doing it consistently. Ways of looking at things. We've offered you a blueprint. I've written books about it. I've written books about how to master your mind, about how to master your lifestyle. About, I'm writing one about how to master your body. And there's a million of all of those out there. There's infinite good information to the point where some of it's been repeated so many times that people are sick of hearing it. And they call it a platitude right. and then they get butthurt. People are saying it again. And that's yep. fine. It is what it is. But the point is, <laughs> just like you talked about, all it takes is a little action. All you got to do is get up and go do something and then you won't be very good at it if you're new to the game so you try again and you go why did i fail oh i failed because of this what could i do gee i don't know google what do i do if i fail at this it's taken care of it's done try it oh well i did it okay next thing and then you get into it 
and you get a passion about something and then you pursue it and you learn how to monetize it and you learn how to make that the thing that you do and then you're doing something that you love. You know, Joe's got a course about how you could take a little bit of your time and invest it into one skill set. It's one option out of a million and it's one that he's used in his life and a whole bunch of people have used it in their lives and entire international global businesses are based upon the same principles. And you could go buy that course and you could apply yourself for an hour a week and you could make a big difference in your life. You could pay some bills. You could pay for some gas. You could take your wife out on a dinner. You could actually get a date because you have some money to ask someone out on one, whatever your situation. <laughs> you could go invest in the art of flipping, which I'll have a link to in the show notes, along with all the rest of the ways you get a hold of Joe. But the point is, there's a million things out there. I've got some for you. Joe's got some for you. There's a whole lot of people out there who have paths for you to walk, but you have to get up. You have to walk that path. This has been almost an hour and a half of gold nuggets for you and for me. And all you have to do is listen to it and pick one. Just pick one of them. Anything you've heard here, just pick one thing and go start doing it and get good at it and take that momentum and totally change your life or don't. But, Joe knows and I know and anybody who's with it knows by the time you get to the end of this podcast, you can't, you can't claim any excuses because I've been in the pit and I climbed out. I have no time, but I manage my time. Joe's a busy guy. He's coaching. He's coaching. He's got a family. He's got side projects. The people who are really making moves know how to manage their time and they don't have any more than you. So, you know, cut the crap. You either yep. choose in or you choose out and the responsibility is yours and we know where we're going because we're going to do what it takes to get there. And you know what you're doing because you're doing what it takes to get there. It's no secret to anybody. So pick something and run with it. And with that, man, thank you very much for being here, Joe. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, man, I loved it, man. Loved every second of it. And I hope uh, people get some type of use out of it. Like I think they can because I, I learned stuff today that as I'm talking or you're talking, I'm like, man, I could do that a little different. Like that's just, want to turn the brain on like all right let's let's make changes and you know i think that's going to do that for people me too so why don't you remind them where they where they can find you and we'll leave um, I'm the most, too. yeah i'm just i'm most active on twitter um you can find me my handles coach joe hart um as you mentioned before i do have a course it's called the art of flipping um i'm just te teaching people arbitrage this is something this is not a get rich scheme this is something that you could supplement your income hundreds or thousands of dollars a, a month if you choose to do so. It's minimal time. It's quick cash. It's not a scam. I just literally show you how it's done and what I do because for me, it's more of a fun thing now that I'm out of debt. Um, and then um, I'm also on Periscope. I believe my username's the same on there. Maybe, maybe not. But I go live every <laughs> once in a while on there. Um, but I link it to my Twitter. But as I said, I'm, I'm most active on Twitter um, at the moment. So that's, that's where you can find me. All right, man. Well, like I said, thank you very much. Thanks again. I'll leave uh, links to all your stuff in the show notes. And uh, until next time, my friend.